wizards, sorcerers, magi. Since the beginning of time, humankind has been fascinated by magic and those who wield it. Cinema has always been a sanctuary for wizardkin, from Merlin to Harry Potter. Wizards have inspired stories from across the ages. We discuss the world's most magic movie wizards and more on today's episode of Movie Bomb. Welcome to the stream. It's Monday, which means only one thing. Uh, Monday Night Movie Chat here on this very channel. Uh, we present Movie Bong, which is a weekly podcast where we pitch silly movie ideas. But before all of that, uh, we talk about the wider world of movies. I'm joined by my co-host here today, Mr. Mike Milling. How are you today, Mike? I'm good. Good. Just, I'm, I'm all fed up. I've just eaten. I don't mean I'm fed up. I mean, I've, I've just eaten. Oh, okay, sure. Oh, right. Oh, I th I'm so glad because for a second there, I thought you were going to end it all. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I am depressed, obviously. But, oh, but that's a whole different thing. Solid um, start to the podcast, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, no, I'm all good. Lovely stuff. Well, before we get to our. Uh, theme of the week. Uh, let's just talk some uh, some general movie chat, uh, some stuff that we've seen recently. Now, I believe uh, over the last few nights you've seen a movie called uh, Big Bad Wolves. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I've been looking uh, into what they have on offer in Shudder um, on the streaming site. I don't know if anyone else is a member. I quite enjoy it. If you if you're not into horror or violent films, it probably isn't the best streaming service you can get you know amazon prime and netflix and shit probably just as good um but if you are into particularly gory stuff and indie horror then uh shudder's got some good stuff and it's got big bad wolves which is slightly different to a lot of their usual um uh content but it's a, a slightly slightly more sophisticated but um it, it's pretty violent and brutal um, it's an Israeli uh, film, right? It's in Hebrew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it when I saw it. Um, before we get onto that, now, now, Shudder, which you've just mentioned there, uh, the only thing that stopped me from pursuing my subscription with Shudder was that stuff I didn't find like new releases were getting uploaded that often. H how are you finding that aspect of the subscription service? <laughs> Well, um, yeah, no, I kind of agree. You get like one or two things often, but not like a load of stuff. And then, and if it's not something you really like the look of, then yeah, you just have to wait till something else new comes up. But, um, and I had it on my Amazon Fire Stick thing. It's a bit different. I don't know. They basically, they fucked up my membership and then they had to just uh, completely get rid of my membership. 
um, even though I just and they um, watched loads of stuff for, for a couple of months. Then they gave me all my money back. So I technically got loads of free content. But oh, now, I've just, now I've just paid up for another membership and hoping it doesn't go weird again. <laughs> oh, okay. That's, that, that's, that sounds interesting. Um, but I, I definitely, I do... Um, I do have to give credit where it's due to Shudder. There is a lot of stuff on there, uh, which is great. And particularly like um, stuff that's um, been been mildly successful, but wasn't big enough for it to be widely available on DVD. There's a lot of those sorts of um, independent horrors. Uh, the ones that I, I mean, I watch some really like, like random Korean and Japanese horrors on there, which are quite tricky to get a hold of over here in the UK. So again, if you are a proper horror fan, uh, I definitely recommend giving it a go. Yeah, I mean the content there it is all a bit random, but um, you know you will find stuff that has been doing the festivals, places like Grimfest and and whatnot. Um, you'll find those kind of little indie horrors there, and it was really good for when I was researching zombie um, stuff and and shit like that. So yeah, I'd recommend. Now, uh, um, Big Bad Wolves, you mentioned it's a little bit. Uh, to the left of their normal content, it is definitely it. You know, like it's more in the thriller territory, maybe than than a horror. Yeah, um, I'd say a crime thriller with a dark sense of humour. Um, but, but Shudder doesn't, you know, hide away from um, some of this stuff. Like I, I know there are a lot of drama heavy movies on on Shudder, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's good that it has like a diverse range. It isn't it isn't just straightforward horror all of the time. Um, and I was glad they picked up this film. It, it's an interesting one. And I have to say, I haven't seen much of the cinematic output of Israel, but I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I should. we should really be uh, checking out what these guys, I think it was two people these guys did um, after. But I think this was in 2013, 2014 times. So it's not too recent, but it's not that old. Um, Tarantino was a huge fan. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. You can sort of see why. Um, it fits into that sort of darkly comic, um, violent, brutal crime thriller. Um, yeah, yeah, and and also I think it's um, it, it's it's a movie that really works for a Western audience as well. You know, as long as you're the sort of uh, movie fan that doesn't mind subtitles, or as I call them, a movie fan. Um, <laughs> Then I, I think that you really dig Israel. Uh, sorry, Israel? Um, big Bad Wolves. <laughs> You're a big Israel, guys. <laughs> Go there. <laughs> oh, God. But no, if, if you're into, like, really tense um, movies with just a few characters and hmm. with some proper brutality about it, um, then you'll enjoy it. I, I felt a little let down in places, maybe, towards the end that I... I don't know. It was maybe I expected something else. I don't know, but I, I, I couldn't really complain about it. It was really enjoyable um, and solid. And and also, like I think it reminded me a lot of, of films that I'd seen, not not in a bad way, not in a derivative way, um, but just in that I, I I think that it's quite an accessible film. Um, the film that it kept reminding me of was uh, a movie I absolutely love as well, uh, called Prisoners which was, um, I think, Dennis Villeneuve's one of his first big hits, and he's gone on to do the, the Blade Runner sequel, uh, Dune remake, which is in the works. Fantastic director. Um, but he, his, his first big, big film 
It starred Paul Dano and Hugh Jackman. Um, one of them's a, suspect, a suspected paedophile, and the other one is a father hell bent on revenge. Mm. And um, um, well, that it, does that is a similar setup. Mm, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Bad Wolves. I haven't seen Prisoners. I really want to. Um, the running time puts me off. It's likely quite long, but um, I oh, will watch it. Prisoners is a fantastic film. I definitely recommend giving it a go. I mean, it came out a similar time to uh, Nightcrawler, which was a fantastic yeah. film. And I know loads of people loved that. If you like Nightcrawler, go and check out Prisoners. Really, yeah. really solid film. And um, mentioning Prisoners while we're talking about this film, Big Bad Wolves, um, I think the difference between the two, even though they cover similar topics, is uh, Prisoners, um, it's filmed very dark. It's all about darkness. It's about rain. Um, whereas Big Bad Wolves, it's beautiful outside and picturesque. And yeah. um, and I, I love seeing that contrast, particularly in horror, when they use daylight. Yeah. Um, for those who don't know what um, it's about exactly, it is, it's sort of, there's, it's just a, a kind of a, a really intense, brutal situation um, containing uh, the, these, these different guys, these characters. Um, you've got a maverick cop and um, a grieving father, a bit like prisoners. Um, <clears throat> and then you've got a guy that's a suspected child killer um, that they've gone against the law and, um, and, and taken him somewhere. But it's sort of just the double crosses and everything that goes on uh, within that dynamic. So it's really good. This week, we are doing a wizard special. We're discussing wizards in film. We're, we're perusing the wizarding world through the eyes of cinema. Um, so, now, Mike, I believe you've done a little bit more research than me, as is always the way. Uh, what have you watched this week? Well, we need to put the distinction here that we're, we're not touching witches. Yes, um, yes. Witches are their own thing um, because, I mean, that is very much in the horror world. There's, obviously, there's lots of different genres within that, but um, it's very horror-heavy, horror-heavy witches. Um, whilst if we're doing wizards, we're not being sexist. We're just we're just looking at wizards and warlocks. Well, I mean, we're definitely going to do an episode on witches at one point. I, I wanted to save that for a full episode. So, yeah, so this is strictly wizards, warlocks, um, sorcerers. That doesn't mean we're completely uh, keeping it male-focused because... There are sorcerers, sorcerers, what do you call them? We're like female sorcerers. Sorceresses? Yes. A sorceress? Sorceress, yes. That's exactly sorceress. You just, yeah, a cup and sorcerer. No, cup and sorcerer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. so, so obviously, um, you know, Morgana from the uh, Excalibur story, which I'll be talking a bit because about in a bit because I literally just finished watching uh, Excalibur. You've got the uh, the sorceress in Willow, which is a fantastic wizard fantasy. Um, I mean, it's a massive big. Uh, it's Ron Howard's big rip off of Lord of the Rings, but it, what a rip off! It's great. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, so we're concentrating on wizards, wizard apprentice movies, sorcerers, sorcerers apprentice movies, and things like that. Now, every Friday on this channel, we watch movies together, normally quite bad films. Uh, we, you know, we, we do some commentary over the top and we just hang out every Friday evening uh, on this channel from 8 p.m. Uh, now, the Friday just gone, we watched, uh, well, we tried to watch Merlin the Return starring Rick Mail. We hit some technical issues and we moved on to 
Merlin and the Sword. This was sort of like um, a bit of preparation, a bit of research um, for this episode. And it was an experience. (laughs) Well, yeah, good job we had uh, that backup plan. Um, We... Yeah, we were going to watch Merlin the Return, which is a TV movie that Rick Mail went uh, went and did with like Tia Carrera in, and I saw it a long time ago. It's just really bad. It's about you know the classic Merlin going to the modern day. Um, so that couldn't that didn't happen. We went for Merlin and the Sword, which is just as strange. I think it's from 1985, and it's got Edward Woodward in it. Edward Woodward, Woodward uh, from The Wicker Man obviously, uh, and Malcolm McDowell from countless things, Clockwork Orange, etc., etc. So, I mean, that's a strong, strong cast. Yeah, I mean, it was very much uh, a strong cast there to pick up a paycheck, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, yes. Um, it was Again, this is another sort of oddity TV movie from the past. Um, it had a bit of an educational vibe to it as it starts with, like, an American tourist, and she's goes to Stonehenge to visit and she falls down a fucking hole or something. And then she's just in a cave with Merlin <laughs> and his missus. <laughs> and they're sort of showing her what's happening and, and like the legends, but then they have to sort of intervene. Um, yeah. The, um, I have to say like, I mean, it's not. It's not. It's not the best film. Like, let's not. Let's not beat around the bush. It's not the best film, but there were some bits that were significantly worse than others. And I actually quite enjoyed when we got stuck into the film. I thought there was actually quite. There was some really fun bits there, and then particularly towards the end, I think it really found its its pace. But the setup is horrendous. <laughs> it was one of the most jarring, exposition heavy introductions so like a tour group was walking around stonehenge and an american tourist wanders off well i mean you can't really wander off very far stonehenge is about a hundred yards across but she somehow parts from the group and and gets lost or whatever and she she falls down this hole into like a cavern but like like she must have i don't know it she did, did she like fall through a, like a magic portal or something? Yeah, something like that. Magic angel, magic angel. But even at the end of the film, you know, because obviously she's set up to deliver this big exposition dump at the start. But even towards the end of the film, I'm kind of like, she really need to be in it. Yeah, because it was just it was a lot of the off uh, classic Arthur. Um, tale with Lancelot and Guinevere and it was all that um, so yeah I guess because that tale's been told they wanted to do it, they thought they were being clever and doing it in a really shit way <laughs> um, but let's talk wizards I mean what do you think of Edward um, Woodward as Merlin now Merlin is surely the Don, the daddy of, of, of the wizards right I mean obviously we've got Gandalf and and, and whatever that knobhead is in Harry Potter, Dumbledore. Um, but Merlin, you know, he's fucking Merlin. What did you think of, of, of Eddie as Merlin? Yeah, no, I thought he was, I thought he was great. 
I thought he brought a lot of gravitas to the performance and I did like that there were, um, you know, strong actors in this movie. I think that was a real strength of this film. Um, my only real criticism with him, and it isn't a criticism of him, more a criticism of casting him alongside Malcolm McDowell, is I felt they brought a similar presence and energy to the characters of Merlin, King Arthur. I think they should be much more noticeably separate. I, I think they should have different auras. Do you know what I mean? Like, Merlin should be very much... Uh, old and wise beyond words whereas uh, king arthur should be a bit more of a captain kirk you know um hot-handed you know um yeah he is hot-headed and, uh, and and i thought they were both they were both an amalgam of that and what did you think of lancelot rupert everett because uh, as the heterosexual hero <laughs> <laughs> um i thought he did he did pretty well actually i i, I liked I liked him. You know, I mean, we commented while we were watching it, it. It's sad that Rupert Everett isn't still getting these big lead roles. Not that this was a career-defining performance <laughs> for him. Um, but it, it's a real shame because I think he's got real chops and I would like him to still be making big films. And he seems to have really dropped by the wayside and I think that's a shame. Mm, no, he's a good actor. Um, he was recently in a film about Oscar Wilde, which is... Uh, the happy prince or something that's meant to be brilliant Ooh. um so yeah and he's perfect to play oscar wilde really um so anyway yeah so that film is in full on youtube merlin merlin and the sword um but if we're talking the big daddy wizard mr merlin hmm? now i've just uh, i've just finished watching the classic uh, john borman film from 1981 scalibur Ooh. Um, yeah, yeah, I just, just finished it earlier. Um, I'd seen it a long time ago when I was a kid, but I really didn't remember it. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a bit, I mean, it's a bit of a dark, dodgy tale. So there are moments when it is quite problematic. <laughs> um, but Merlin is um, this, he was this great theatre actor called Nicole Williamson. Um, I think he was in Exorcist 3 actually, a, a few random movies but he played one of the priests in that but um, he's a fantastic actor and he was fantastic as Merlin, I mean the film is a bit hokey and some of the performances the guy playing Arthur and the guy playing Lancelot they're a bit, mm, but he is absolutely brilliant in it um, and Helen, a young Helen Mirren and you've got a young Liam Neeson um, you know it, it's, it's, it's a great film in ways but it does start i don't know if you're familiar with the arthur story of like before arthur was even born sure. of arthur's dad do you know what arthur's dad did no <laughs> well arthur's dad really fancied this other guy's wife and he asked merlin to, to to make him look like this other guy so he could go and shag his wife basically which is a oh that's a rape yes um, oh no! Uh, that's how Arthur was born, and then she oh gave, oh no! She gave birth to Arthur, and then Merlin took Arthur. So this is Gabriel Byrne in this in the film. He's he plays Arthur's dad at the beginning, um, and then yes, yeah, so Merlin took Arthur, and then Arthur was just sort of a farm boy, um, and then he 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 pulls Excalibur. The, the, his father's um, war sword, he pulls that, he's the only one who can pull it out of the rock. Um, and therefore, here he is, you know, and he's king. 
but then it all goes a bit wrong. You know, Lancelot shags Guinevere. Um, but Merlin's always that Merlin's the, the constant, the solid backbone of the whole story. Um, and he's great in this, but the film's a bit weird. I remember watching this film when I was younger. I remember, uh, I think it was on like on like a long flight once as a as a child. I remember watching Excalibur about three times in a row or something. I just there's something about it, you know. I, I think at the time I was just on a bit of a fantasy kick, and as a young kid. Uh, to watch a big film like this that's full of wizards and knights and stuff was so exciting. And, uh, you know, like, I mean, how does this, how does this um, fare on a, on a rewatch? Does this still hold up? As I say, it's a little bit problematic in this day and age, uh, but there are elements of it that do hold up. I mean, it, just, it looks, it still looks amazing. And um, the, the, the armor is very shiny, um, but uh, it just, it, it looks great. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a bit of a weird one, although it, it was a John Borman passion project, really, for John Borman. A lot of his family are in it. You've got Charlie Borman, who um, went on a bike mission with Ewan McGregor. Yeah, yeah. He's in this film as a little kid. Um, Arthur's oh god it gets worse Arthur's a legitimate child when he shags his sister um, played by Helen Mirren so as you can tell it's not a great family movie because <laughs> um, there's a lot of incest in it and, uh, and rape um, but apart from that great Sunday afternoon movie <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I suppose it, it doesn't really shy away from the original text because if you do actually read these stories they're fucking horrible. True, true. And um, this is why it was quite funny because I just watched um, a kid's film uh, detailing the same story in a very different way. Um, so I also watched uh, the Walt Disney classic Sword in the Stone. Um, oh, oh, what a great film. You say that, but I argue and say it's a pile of shit. Really? <laughs> Because you watch it now, right? And the story picks up essentially, um, yeah, when Arthur's a little runty guy or whatever, and he picks up the sword out of the stone. So obviously it bypasses all the stuff about his dad um, pretending to be someone and sexually assaulting someone and then impregnating them. Wisely, for a Disney film, it bypasses that part. <laughs> but then, uh, and then you've got the main story which just it just completely meanders and goes away from from the great story and just it's just a wizard and a kid that turn into various animals for about an hour it's shit the, the thing about this movie sword in the stone is i think it is possibly the most memorable film from my childhood i must have just watched it loads as a kid and the amount of bits of animation in that film that are, are vividly still in my in my head. Even little bits like the castle design at the start of the film, you know how it sways and yeah. stuff like that. It it's just ingrained in my memory. And I think that does count for something. And then also the the, the moat sequence yeah. with the, yeah. the crocodile and the moat. I just it's just fantastic. No, I agree. Like 
artistry and the animation is brilliant and it is great for that and the depiction of Merlin is quite funny they they depict him as just an incredibly clumsy oaf I mean if he was the wizard of any sort of kingdom he would have fucked everything up it just it wasn't practical but you know um I what I I, I find it quite offensive that they that they that they just jolt away from the fucking um the story the main just anything that could be exciting just so they have just an old man and a kid turning into various animals they turn into a fish um i mean i was annoyed because i told my little daughter she's three years old we're gonna watch this film it's called sword in the stone it's about a wizard and a boy and they turn into fish and then for half an hour until they don't need don't turn into fish for a half an hour but all the way through she was going when do they turn into fish daddy um so you know I'm a bit annoyed about that, <laughs> but it was just royally shit. <laughs> uh, and some Disney films are. <coughs> I, hate, I hate this affection that people of my generation have for old Disney. Yes, some of it is incredible, but go back and watch a lot of it. A lot of it is shit. No, for, I'll, I'll take your word for it. I should go back and watch, uh, rewatch it, because I, I agree. Like, I do think there is a lot of um, people just blindly in love with disney films that weren't as good as you remember them um yeah, yeah. It, it, it is strange isn't it mm, mm, really problematic <laughs> Often <laughs> films. um so anyway there's a but there's a another wizard movie for kids that i tried to explore um, well, no, I did explore. I watched it called The Page Master. Have you ever seen The Page Master? Oh mate, mate like that's that i watched it last night what Seriously? I watched it last night in preparation for this. Really? So I love I, the Page Master. I watched it this morning in preparation for this. I like so like um when we decided to do Wizards, in my head, I was like, right, well what's a wizard movie that I know? And the first I, movie that came to mind was The Page Master, because again, I, something that I watched so much as a child. And it was it was kind of cool to sit down and watch it. Um, you know, kind of sad in other ways because you suddenly realise how bad it is. Um <laughs> But again, a, a beautiful film. If you didn't watch it as a kid, um, but you've got kids, like maybe now's now's your time. Um, it's it's got a great cast, hasn't it? It does. Christopher Lloyd and Macaulay Culkin. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, amongst some other performances. Now, I think what struck me on a rewatch when I rewatched this last night is actually how um, how cheap it is and how. <laughs> how many decisions are made for financial reasons like i don't think this movie is half live action and half animation because it makes a good film i think they've done it that way because it's cheaper <laughs> it's cheaper isn't it to have voice actors than actual actors they only have to come yeah. in and, and read a few lines for a few hours yeah and christopher lloyd and macaulay Culkin probably did about a day's work or two days work definitely <laughs> I mean, and you can kind of tell in the acting there's one there's one line at the start and you know i'm not i'm not criticizing christopher lloyd for this you know he was there for a paycheck as much as anybody else yeah no totally i, I totally agree um i mean it's a weird film it's about a safety conscious kid which kind of isn't a bad thing um <laughs> that, that, that and then like people laugh at him because he doesn't because he doesn't do like 
reckless things. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, got yeah. a lovely life. His dad's Ed Bagley Jr. What more could you want? And then he goes to a library. Oh, and this this is the whole... And meets fucking Christopher Lloyd. And this is the whole thing um, of... Like, it was, all, it was okay for a little boy to hang around with an old man in these movies. I mean, again, Christopher Lloyd, like, did it in Back to the Future. Um, that was weird. And Marty didn't really have that many friends, did he? Did he have any friends? I mean, he just well, an old man. I have to say, like, re-watching this movie, I did just yeah. have a slow realisation that this isn't a movie about a child's fantastic adventure across literature. It's actually just a movie about a small child getting nonced in a library. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, that, that, that's interesting, because um, I had... <laughs> I had a vision about this film where if it was just like Macaulay Culkin could have done it in his real drugs phase where he's just um, a guy that wanders into a library <laughs> and can't get out. Cause that's essentially what this film is. They're just trying to find an exit at the end, aren't they? That, um, that'd be quite funny actually, if they did like a modern remake yeah. of the page master, he comes <laughs> back and actually the only reason he's wandered in is cause he, yeah. he's, he's trying to find the Bible so he can tear pages out of it. Use them for Rizzler. Yeah, and he's high on acid or angel dust or something. Um, um, but but there are some there, there's some clumsy filmmaking or writing in this movie, uh, particularly at the start of this film. Um, so they set up Macaulay Culkin as you know um, scared of risk and danger, and he's a massive bookworm. All he does is he read and he loves facts and statistics and all all of that stuff. But then. Start of the film, he goes to the library, and then like the librarian's like, Oh, do you want to come in and read a book? And all of a sudden Macaulay Culkin's like, uh, no thanks, granddad. Books are for lamos. And you're like, Well, why have we just spent ten minutes setting up his love of books? This is messy. Yeah. I mean, um, it was done by it. It was an amalgamation with uh, Hanna-Barbera Studios, and Hanna-Barbera aren't known for their cinematic output. They are very successful with TV shows and TV movies, but not cinematic-wise. Well, well and... I was going to say, like, the, the animation, even for um, back then, like, I think this is weak animation for a yeah. feature film. I think this is perfectly yeah. acceptable TV animation, but for a big movie, bearing in mind most of the film is animated, I don't think it looks good enough. It looks cheap. Well, what it was is it looks it looks a lot like um, a Don Bluth film. Now, there were Don Bluth cartoon movies. I don't know if you're aware. Yes. Like, uh, yeah. All Dogs Go to Heaven. Um, he did some Fumbelina. Um, just uh, The Secret of Neef or Neef. Um, you are right. These do look like that. And the, the, there was a sort of same time, and it felt like they were trying to replicate Don Bluth movie. But and in themselves, Don Bluth was sort of trying to, you know, replicate Disney uh, as anyone was at that time. So uh, it's interesting from that point of view. But I know what you mean about not necessarily it being cinematic animation. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a bit. I just think it looks a bit. Looks a bit weak, but I have to say then um, the sequences of uh, him in the library. Basically, he's in a library and he gets transformed, uh, sort of uh, teleported into an animated world. And I do quite like the sequences 
of the transitions between those worlds where all of the colors run from the ceiling um yes. down and there are there is a lot of bits at the start of this film similar to sword in the stone earlier that are just embedded into my memory because i just watched these films so much as a child yeah well you remember like american tale that was a don bluth film i don't know if you remember that yeah um and, and page master didn't necessarily have the heartbreaking intensity and sadness of those films but um and and if we're talking wizards wizard wise it is very much a wizard of oz sort of jobby the wizard is sort of the main title character but not in it that much the sort of framed bookends uh pardon the pun <laughs> um, I mean, Christopher Lloyd's page master is sort of in the beginning and the end. It is very like Wizard of Oz, this movie. Um, yes. Sort of the, the, the structural, structurally. Well, I think it sort of follows the, um, the American fairy tale tradition a little yeah. bit. Um, now, let's talk a little bit about Christopher Lloyd, because I, I feel like it's kind of crazy that we waited so long to see him as a wizard. Well... I mean, Doc Brown is a sort of wizard. Back to the Future is a sort of wizard and wizard apprentice. Scientists films. are yeah. a sort of wizard. Yeah, yeah. They you are. know, the, the, the wizards wizard. of their day. Um, but yeah, there is all this um, this thing with the apprentice, the wizard apprentice. I, I mentioned Willow before. Um, that is all, all about a sort of a, a guy, a, a lowly magician who wants to become a, a wizard and does so in a big quest with magic and shit <laughs> i watched uh, the sorcerer's apprentice starring nick cage which is a disney movie oh yeah have you seen it or heard of it i haven't no uh basically yeah fucking nick cage is some wizard in new merlin and now he's like he's fighting alfred molina in modern day like with 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 seth rogan's mate jay what's his name Barush. oh i know i know who you mean yeah yeah, yeah. so he's like a kid so it's so it's He's a kid at the, the beginning of the film, and it, it's very much a sort of children's fantasy movie. But then it sort of skips forward like 10 years or 15 years or so, and he's he's him. He's one of Seth Rogen's stoner mates, and he's meant to be just like the, the lead of this movie and a weird Nicolas Cage helping him out. So it sort of settles somewhere weirdly between a, a Disney kids film and like a slacker action fantasy comedy. <laughs> But Alfred Molina is good in it as uh, the villain, but he's always good. Yeah, he's an interesting actor, isn't he? Doesn't get doesn't get given much, but what he does get given, he he does a lot with. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's it's. I think I watched that on stream. I watched that on Disney Plus, but um, it's a bit fucking lame. It is very just smash bang magic, loud, loud, loud magic. You know, um, right. I watched well. I watched um, a wizard battle movie from the sixties, starring Vincent Price, Peter Lorre, and uh, Boris Karloff, um, called *The Raven*, which is loosely based on Edgar Allan Poe's poem *The Raven*. Hmm? Um, that is one to check out. It's uh, it's just like about a wizard that is grieving his wife, and then a raisin comes to visit, who was actually. Um, a wizard and speaks to him and then they end up having to fight evil wizard by Boris Karloff. Um, it's, uh, it's a weird one. <laughs> oh, that sounds but pretty cool, though. It is cool. It's very cool. It's a strange tone. It's a slapstick 
horror magic comedy. <laughs> but um, and 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 another one I watched finally um, again, a bit of a strange tone, but it's a, a Clive Barker, uh, written and directed by Clive Barker, movie called Lords of Illu- Lord of Illusions. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, starring Scott Bakula, who we'll all know from uh, Quantum Leap um, and Star Trek Enterprise. Yes, yes. Um, he's one of those actors, though. It's he was so iconic in Quantum Leap that it's it's hard to just not see him as that character, and it's hard to like throughout watching Lords of Illusion, I just keep thinking that he's gonna look, you know, he's gonna look in the mirror or something and go, "Oh boy," <laughs> and that he's that he's just leaped into that character, you know, especially with all the harsh, violent shit going on. But this is uh, a great film. It's like a weird detective noir um, about dark wizards and an illusionist who has a wizard from beyond the grave after him. Bit 90s now. It's a little bit dated. It's amazing how you watch films from the 90s now and, and, and they are so dated. It's strange. But um, he, he should have got more cinematic roles, I think. Um, he yeah. didn't get enough. He was in a, um, uh, an American football comedy called Unnecessary Roughness. Um, he was in a movie with um, Sam Elliott called Sibling Rivalry. But apart from that, he never had really big, any big meaty cinematic roles. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think he's a fantastic performer. But I'd highly recommend that film. It's like a horror um, fantasy detective noir, but it's all about dark wizards and black magic. Now, before we get into the pitches section of our episode, who would you say is your favourite Wizard? Are you, are you a Gandalf fan, a Harry Potter fan? Um, well, just obviously, you know, we're talking about Merlin, and, and, and I'll have to sort of pledge allegiance with Merlin, but um, between the Dumbledore and Gandalf, I don't know. Um, where do you stand? I mean, it's probably a more Gandalf, because I just more into, I, mean, I don't know. It's, I, th- I think I, I am edging towards Gandalf, but I think I think the reason I edge towards Gandalf, funnily enough, is because of Ian McKellen's performance in Lord of the Rings. You know, like, uh, I, I think he is arguably the greatest wizard on film of all time. I mean, really, do we know an, another actor who's been as iconic in a performance as a wizard? There's been a few that have come close, but... You know, you shall not pass. It's there's so many lines from that yeah. um, film that I, I, I just think that that's such an iconic role for him, and amazing for him to come to that role later in life. And I think that's why one of the many reasons why wizards are so interesting and so brilliant in in film because they are a chance to give older actors um, interesting roles. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, it's true, and I would like he probably is the great wizard. You think of other wizards, Discworld had a great wizard, Rincewind, yes, um, yeah. Although I would say, like, no one's really been able to capture him on film. I know David Jason's had a go, but yeah, 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 didn't um, work for I, me. For me, there's a my, my favorite um representation of wizards, probably there's a there's an 80s or late 70s. A cartoon called Flight of Dragons, which has uh, the voice of John Ritter um, and a load of other actors. Um, and it's about this world of sort of science and magic, the world of magic and sort of science coming into it, how the wizards have to sort of adapt 
with that with these three wizards sort of um getting into this weird war and um John Ritter's like in the real world in modern times and he's making a board game or he's playing a board game flat dragon and he goes into it and he inhabits the body of a dragon and then uh, it's great I highly recommend it <laughs> lovely well that sounds interesting yeah flies of dragons um, um any yeah. any any particular thoughts on harry potter before we go on i feel like we can't yeah. we can't do a wizard podcast and leave this prick out it feels like we were trying to sort of avoid it we we're <laughs> trying to steer clear of it and obviously when we're talking fantasy or we're talking wizards uh you can't avoid uh that world can you well i think it's um i think what harry potter did to uh our, our, our view of wizards is, um, you know, before Harry Potter, wizards were very much old white men, beards, cloaks. And all of a sudden, Harry Potter shows the wizarding world starts much younger. Uh, so, you know, sort of like bringing younger identities into the world of wizarding. It's nice, isn't it? Yeah, still quite, well, still very white. <laughs> oh, very white. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. very. Very white, very white, and 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 incredibly straight. I mean, I know I know J.K. Rowling likes to pretend there are gays in Harry Potter, but she doesn't like to write them in the books. They just she likes for them to exist in the subtext. Dumbledore is a big gay wizard, right? He's, he's, he was said he was gay. She said he was. The book, right? There's there's nothing in the book that would even vaguely suggest that he was gay. She just said that afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get into details, but J.K. Rowling is an arsehole. And I feel <laughs> we should leave that there. <laughs> there we go. Waiting for this to come out. I mean, we to be fair, we've gone a long time in this podcast without mentioning her. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I don't, I'd like not to give her unnecessary airtime. So let's move on to the pictures, shall we? <laughs> yes, yes. As if by magic. Okay. Um, right. Exploitation cinema. Let me take you back to you know, 60s, 70s. Are right? we going to see some Black Wizards? Because I fucking hope so. Bear with me. The Grand Wizard of the KKK um, starts meddling with black magic. <laughs> and becomes an actual Grand Wizard. A dark, bad wizard. Um... <laughs> The only, the only man who can stop him is streetwise kickboxing private eye, um, <laughs> who is a kickboxing private eye. He was a, a direct descendant of Merlin. Right, yes. Mike, Mike, can I stop you here? I think this is the best idea you've ever had. Well, wait, I haven't got to the best part yet. So here's <laughs> kickboxing private eye. He's a direct descendant of Merlin. So we have... Black Merlin, Blurlin, <laughs> um, John Blurlin, <laughs> and and he must. He's the only one who can uh, protect the city, the city of New York, um, against uh, yeah, against the grand, the dark grand wizard of the KKK. Um, I think we'll have um, Michael J. White, or the guy who played Spawn and played Black Dynamite, can surely play him. Um, <laughs> Blurlin, Black Merlin. <laughs> I mean, if you've got any other suggestions, it's fine. I mean, I'm, I'm already 
kind of enjoying this. I mean, it, it depends what sort of vibe you want to go for. I mean, I presume this movie is going to be called Black Magic. Yes. I mean, I guess if it was actually made in the black exploitation era, it probably would have been called Black Merlin um, or mm. not Blurlin, but <laughs> Blackenstein, Blackula, the blunt back of Black and Bloom. Or how about, um, like, because I know we're... Um, this is also a bit of like a, a satire of um, the KKK. I believe that's in there. So how yep. about black magic? Uh, but the end of magic is spelled... So magic is spelled M-A-G-I-K-K-K, you know, like black clansmen. Yep. Are, we, are we too white to be coming up with this idea? I fear we are. Look, I just, like, I have watched... Some black exploitation cinema. I'm a big fan of Blackula. I own the soundtrack on vinyl. I, you know, and if I've done every other genre, I should be allowed to dip my toes in the water of black exploitation cinema, surely. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, you know, maybe. <laughs> well, look, just black Merlin, Blurlin. I like uh, it though. I think it's really interesting. Um, and I, I, I really like. Um, what you've done, you know, like, um, like, because the, the whole Grand Wizard thing within the KKK, I, I find that an interesting way in, particularly because you want this to be making fun of the KKK and pointing fun at them, and I think that's a that, that's a that's an interesting way of tying them into the narrative. Well, that was the idea I had. I just came up with. I was just thinking about alternative wizards and things that alternative people who are called wizards. And I just thought, well, yeah, the Grand Wizard, the KKK. Um, and I can't believe nobody's done that yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, because it's... Uh, I, I think it's interesting. I think there's a lot of... Um, like, Because this could be a real camp horror best. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm almost getting Sabrina vibes with, oh. like... I don't know, you know, like the new chilling adventures of Sabrina. I love how like gothy and Halloweeny it is. And and I could yeah. see that um coming into this as well. Um yeah. Yeah. particularly because the, the new Sabrina is has got like um like that's got a very diverse cast, and I love how how many black wizards and witches they've got in their TV show as well. Well, yeah. I mean they could do play it for laughs and go with the black dynamite route, which was a black exploitation parody. Um, because I think for too long, the Wizarding World has had a glass ceiling for people of certain ethnicities, and that needs to stop. It totally has. No, it, you're right. There's um, uh, there's a there's a black character in an animation that I absolutely love called Castlevania. It's uh, both seasons are on Netflix. I'd highly recommend it. And there's a character in that who is um, black, and he's 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 a black bisexual, um, I believe he's like a mage or paladin. I, I forget his name, but, but absolutely fantastic. And when I watched it, um, it's been a while since I watched the last series, but he was my favourite character in the show by a mile. Um, and, and I remember watching that, being sat at home, thinking, oh yeah, you, for some reason, characters in TV shows, if they're magical, they're rarely black. That's, that's, it's a prejudice I hadn't noticed. Yeah. Um, so thank you for shedding some light on that this evening. All right. You know, we, we, we didn't have Luke Cage back then. 
Um, <laughs> although he wasn't really magic, he's just really strong, isn't he? If he was um, magic, he'd be called Luke May. Yeah, yeah, really. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, so I'm. I've got yeah, I've got another um, big idea, then two really quick ones. But yeah, if we go ahead. It, right, um, let's keep on the action-packed vibe. Um, muscle-bound men. Sorry, that, that's got that. Sorry, that sounded weird. Um, you know, action stars, muscles. Um, we have uh, think sort of the Expendables kind of action movie. Um, the Magic Commandos, right? Yep. So they're an elite squad of magic wizards, um, but they're like military wizards, like action wizards. Um, so uh, you've got big, tall, beardy Dolph Lundgren is Uzi wizard. Um, he's a wizard and he's got massive Uzis. And uh, like, you know, like he uses magic, but like also he uses the magic of firepower. <laughs> <laughs> And he just uses fucking Uzis, right? So he's Uzi Wizard, and he rides a massive wolf called Uzi Wolf. No, Uzi, no, Wolf Wizard. No, Uzi Wolf, yeah, Uzi Wolf, right? And Uzi Wolf's got, like, uh, massive Uzis on the side of it. Uh, and Uzi, Uzi Wolf can, can expand in, in height. Um, also, Uzi Wolf is um, voiced by Helen Mirren. <laughs> <laughs> And there's another character uh, played by Jason Statham called Backpack. He's got like a magical military backpack. He can literally pick any weapon out of. Like, you want a Gatling gun? He's got one. Oh, what? So he's like a par paramilitary Mary Poppins? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. he wasn't actually a wizard, but he like, he, he, he befriended an old wizard. And then as that old wizard died, he gave him this magic bag. Um, so you got him. You've got... Um, Alfred Molina will 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 have him in there. He can be like the old, uh, like general. Let's call him General Trickery. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's like he's like the boss. But we do need some female characters in there. Now we're not going to have witches. Um, so we're talking sorceresses. I've got so far. I've got Halle Berry uh, as like Wanda, like a wand, and she does like ninja shit with a wand. And magic. Um, and then we like to finish off the group, maybe some sort of female um, hard ass stunt woman, maybe Zoe Bell from the Quentin Tarantino movies, Ronda Rousey, someone like that. Um, you know how I feel about Zoe Bell's inability to act, Mike. I know, but it doesn't matter because she, she, she doesn't have to speak. Um, she can just uh, do a load of kung fu. She's called Sparkle Smash. <laughs> Um, and she like hits was she a My Little Pony? What? Yeah, well, you think of a better name for her, um, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> okay, she's Jeff. Um, you, so you know, like, I don't know if you're as passionate about my Magic Commandos idea as I am. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I, I think it's interesting um, because normally. Like the idea in particularly in like uh fantasy is like, you know, the the knights do the fighting and the mages it's a bit more of like magic ranged weapons being exactly. being out of the fight. Whereas you've just you've you've just given them all swords, haven't you? Yeah. And you see, 
but we we don't know that in real life um so many wars were won by wizards um like vietnam and stuff and uh <laughs> is, is you've you been watching alex jones again mike he can be in this <laughs> 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 but i just you know well i mean i can totally see like with space force donald trump um creating a magic force or like a magic you know how he's done with space force like he wants he wants obviously soldiers in space so next obviously he wants soldiers in the magic realms and soldiers in different dimensions i mean it only makes sense doesn't it yeah yeah so i cannot in like 20 years or whatever when trump is obviously still president um he'll be going yeah let's have fucking magic soldier wizards protecting us <laughs> um and you know it's it's a real it's a real thing could happen um but blurlin could be in that universe to be fair john merlin john blurlin he could yeah. be in that universe i could see that i could see that happening so i've got a whole mcu um but before, before we go on to, to to your pitch i'll just throw the last two out really quickly um i just watched a movie called krull don't know if you've ever seen krull um, oh, Krull. Yeah, Krull. Yes, I've not seen it, but but go ahead. Classic sort of fantasy Star Wars. Now that has possibly two wizards or a wizard and a wise man in it. Now, the wise man, played by Toby Jones's dad, Freddie Jones in Krull, um, also from Emmerdale. Um, <laughs> he's just a wise man, um, just sort of being wise. And... Uh, and I think, well, what's the distinction between the wise man and the sage and the wizard? Obviously, the wizard can do magic. But what is a wise man? He's just a fucking old man. He's really wise. Um, so I, maybe a film where you have wizards versus wise men, where it's, but not necessarily a war, more of a sort of comedy um, about sort of the wise men are sick and tired of not being taken as seriously as the wizards because wizards can do fucking magic. So the wise men have to try and outsmart the wizards some way uh, to get, you know, to get one over them, despite them being all magic. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I could, um, I could see this. I think it's, I think it's an interesting idea, and not without merit. I, I, I quite <laughs> like that you get in the wizards involved in action a bit more. They're action wizards. Yeah. Well, I mean, with, with, with the Wizards versus Wise Man, it doesn't have it had to be less action. It's more psychological and about smart. Um, you'd have Patrick Stewart this time as a wizard and Ian McKellen would be the wise man. We'd mix it up. Ah, uh, yeah, I like that. I like that. I like so that. that's a battle of wisps, but that's more of a sort of Sunday evening um, act, a proper acting drama. Maybe Judy Dench pops up. Who cares? Right. The <laughs> and the last pitch of my uh, massive wizardry pitch, extravaganza, uh, is just a female reimagining of uh, King Arthur and Merlin, but with the cast of the female reimagining of Ghostbusters. Um, yeah, love it. So love it. Kate, totally Kate on board. McKinnon, Kate McKinnon as Merlin and, you know, cast the rest. We can have a Black Arthur, Leslie um uh you know Kristen yeah. can be Sir Lancelot and uh the other one could be uh the Black Knight or something. There you go. Yeah, no I, I, I like that. I could see that happening. Um and, and I want it to happen purely to annoy uh, yeah. incels on the internet.
Okay, cool. Um, well, I've got one idea. It's not a big idea. And I'd say it's arguably the most predictable pitch I will have done on this podcast. More predictable than Black Merlin. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, that came out of left field. I didn't see that one coming. Thanks. Well, I am very white, so... Um, but, you know, purely to stay on brand, uh, if you're familiar with me, this pitch will not come as a surprise. Because my pitch is, of course, trans Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to say it at the same time as you. Know, <laughs> well, what did you say again? Trans wizards matter. Trans Harry Potter. Oh, tra- <laughs> well, you were doing full protest. Trans Harry Potter. Yeah, okay. which is obviously it's Harriet Potter. Oh my God! So not just not just a trans wizard pitch. This is actual Harry Potter. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what my pitch actually is, is it's not one film. We're remaking the whole series. <laughs> we're we're wow. remaking every single Harry Potter film. Including um, Fantastic Beasts? Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I hadn't, cons- I hadn't gone that far. The, me- all of the, the main Harry Potter arc, we're making all of those. We're remaking them and we're reclaiming them uh, for the trans community. Um uh, and that they're going to be reshot as Harriet Potter. Uh, most of the cast is is back on board because obviously most of the cast uh, are, aren't happy with J.K. Rowling's uh, recent views on trans people. So all of the cast are, are back involved, uh, not really taking a fee. They're just there for a laugh. Um, and we're just going to retell the entire story of Harry Potter. Um, Daniel Radcliffe, right, here's the only difference. Daniel Radcliffe is not playing the lead. Oh, no, no, no. I don't think it would be right to have a cisgender character play the trans lead of this film. And I don't think that that would be that would be right. Instead, Harry Potter will be playing J.K. Rowling. What? <laughs> Harry Potter is going to be playing like a, an evil J.K. Rowling. And every every now and then the movie will break the fourth wall and J.K. Rowling will be sat in her castle writing Harry Potter being a twat. And it'll, they'll just be, every now and then, there'll be like a, a few skits of Daniel Ratcliffe in a wig playing just a really belligerent old J.K. Rowling. Right. So who plays Harry Potter? Um, we've got like a trans actress on board. Um, there's so many to choose from um, that are fantastic. Um their name escapes me, um, but she's fantastic in, in uh, Sense8. Uh, there's a younger trans actress in that, and she's amazing. I, I'd love her to play Harriet Potter. Right. Um, <clears throat> and you don't want to do this with Lord of the Rings as well, or <laughs> just just Harry Potter? Well, it, de- it depends what J.I.R. Tolkien said on Twitter, I suppose. Well, um, I mean, it was a while. I don't, I don't know if he was a complete... Oh, no, he was an arsehole. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah. He was. Um, so, I mean, he wasn't necessarily like, so remember, everybody's a culture of their time. And he, he just happened to be incredibly religious at a time when science was coming in. And, you know, Lord of the Rings itself is a movie. Oh, sorry. <laughs> he didn't write the movie, did he? He wrote the book. Uh, but it's a book warning people of um, industrialization. 
you know the 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 orcs are all about building stuff and you know gas and coal and machinery and all of that thing and all of those things whereas the people of the shire are a bit more about uh, your basic agriculture so, so i mean it is it is an anti-industrial pro god theme did you ever see? Did you ever see any of the old uh, animated Lord of the Rings? Yes. Yeah, I, the, I've uh, I had it on DVD. I mean, it's a shame because it, it didn't actually get finished, did it? Yeah. It's um, it basically ends, I think, around Helm's Deep. It might even end just before Helm's Deep. I think it ends right before a really important bit because it's yeah. it, it feels yeah. very unfinished. Yeah. Even though I think it's only about an hour and twenty. Yeah, they ran out of money, or it, it, there was a yeah. big disaster with it. But um, but what, was interesting. What was there was really good, particularly for for the time it was made. What was it, sixties, seventies? Um, yeah, uh, and I mean, he's the same guy who made Fritz the Cat and um, the the cartoon, not the original comic, um, and uh, lots of weird. Adult, in fact, he did. Uh, a wizard's movie called Wizards, which is a bizarre movie. Um, I would check it. If you're into Ralph Baskey's work, you'll know that it's slightly controversial, but it's not actually that controversial when you watch it again. And a lot of the messages are really good. But um, watch Wizards. I saw it really stoned at a festival once. It was amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's a, not a great film, but imagery, visually, it's amazing. Okay, cool. That's really interesting. I'm really happy with today's episode. I think we've given a a, a wide view of wizarding in film, uh, and hopefully, th there's been a few movies uh, that we've mentioned today that weren't ones that you were aware of that might have piqued yes. your interest. Yeah, we'll try to look at the sort of quirky, offbeat end of of wizards. We will touch on uh, witches in another episode, I'm sure, and mm -hmm. uh, we might leave it a bit of a gap. But uh, cool. Um, yeah. Now, we'll be back uh, next week. We do this every Monday, 8 p.m., live on Twitch, or you can download this from your favourite podcast provider. Uh, we haven't decided next week's theme. Maybe send us a tweet or a message on Facebook uh, if you've got any suggestions of what you'd like us to do. And every Friday, um, as always, we'll be back here to watch shitty films from 8 p.m. We, we need to decide what we're going to watch this week, don't we, Mike? We do. We <laughs> do.